You're listening to The Above the Mug Show, a podcast that highlights people whose passions drive their life. My name is Lucas Spinoza, and I own a coffee shop. Every day I meet dozens of interesting people, and today I sit down with one of them to inspire you to live your life passion forward. What is going on, everybody? It's your friend, Lucas Spinoza, coming at you from my office instead of the Black Sheep Lounge right here in Welland, Ontario, and you are listening to Above the Mug, a podcast that highlights positive people, and we're here to show you how you can use what you love in your own life to live your life passion forward. Today, joined by an incredibly special guest, Ryan Brousseau. This guy is many things. Uh, he is a committee member, committee member for Recovery Day. He's a DJ. He's a musician and all-around amazing dude. Thank you for joining me. How are you? Good intro. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, I stumbled on committee member. Yeah. I, I always stumble on something when I first start these things. Well, um, really stoked that you're here. Um, we are two people that see each other seldomly, not too seldomly, but it's not frequent. Right. But every time we see each other, it's like old friends. You know, right. we start off, so good to see you, bop, bop, bop. I think there are a lot of us out there that are like that, but you don't run into them every day. And so I, to jump into why I'm excited to see you is kind of because of that innate feeling I have just seeing you every, whenever I see you anyway. Yeah. It's going to sound super confusing to everyone listening to this, but it's going to make sense by the end of this. Yeah. When we first met, it was through music, I do believe. I think I knew you before that or had seen you before that maybe met you, but when we really started to get to know each other, you would play a show here. Uh, and that was four years ago, three or four years ago. It was ago. your first year here. Yeah, it was our first year here. So it would have been yeah. four years ago. You started Thursday gigs. Exactly. And, uh, I remember, oh, the, the new coffee place is paying good for original music. So you can go play. He's, he's, he's not giving 30 bucks for originals or a cut of the till. Mm -hmm. he's, he's giving everybody good. So I said, uh, and you weren't serving alcohol. So it was all over this. Exactly. Like, yeah. And so um, I want to focus on music for the beginning, I think, but... That was a good, uh, maybe a good segue when you talked about no alcohol. Teaser. Yes, it's a teaser for later because we're going to come back to recovery. So when did you start playing music? Uh, grade 11. My uncle plays My uncle plays really well. And grade 11, my grandma, his mom, got me a guitar for Christmas. I learned how to play Basket Case on day one. And then a week in, I said, I want to be a singer. I said, I want to do this. Just... I remember there was a kid in math class, um, Matt, and he was a huge Tool fan. And uh, he's like, we're going to put together a Tool tribute band. I'm like, oh, I love the song Sober. And he laughed at me. And I went and I auditioned and I, like, it was bad. I, yeah. I must have practiced for like 30 hours on, uh, <laughs> it, it was eulogies with the, the cowbell for the first mm -hmm. minute. And so I'm sitting there and, uh, and it was bad. I could tell on their faces it was bad. Um but I don't like being bad at something. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, I, so I kept going and I learned how to play power chords and I learned how to play Glycerine by Bush. And I sang that song a thousand times. Um, my mom would say she knows the song by heart. Um, and I just went from there. Wrote a little bit, um, got in a Screamo band. The Screamo band did good for a bit uh, under Artificial Skies. So we got to yeah. play with Rose City people and everything. I didn't know you were with those guys. Yeah. That's yeah. so crazy. Okay, yeah. now it's coming full circle. Right. Very cool. Yeah, so we, got, we, we opened up some good bands, and that was cool. Um, 
and then I moved to the Dominican. So when I moved to the Dominican, I still had my acoustic guitar and I, and I still wanted to sing, but I was always focused on screaming. But I'm like, well, I got to do music more. And um, it was really easy for a white guy in the Dominican to get a gig at one of the white guy bars. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. And it's been music ever since. That's um, really cool. Yeah. Did you have, I guess, an idea of what you wanted from music when you started or or why you got into music? Because I know for me, it was kind of by default that I got into music because I was garbage at sports and I wasn't smart enough to be a nerd. So <laughs> I, I was kind of in limbo. And it wasn't until uh, one of my teachers, Mr. Castellan, in grade, he was my grade five teacher, but I was in grade seven at the time. He was like, maybe you should play music because you suck at everything else. Yeah. <laughs> so I, was it something similar like that for you or was music a passion from the get-go? I wanted to be cool. Fair. That's, uh, I was smart enough to be a nerd, but I didn't want to be a nerd. I was athletic enough to be an athlete, but uh, I don't know. Things happen. I still play lots of sports. Um, but I was, I don't know, I, I, I was down on myself. I got bullied, and I didn't, I didn't figure, I did, couldn't figure out, like, oh, I should be showering every day, or... <laughs> I don't have it as bad as I thought. I, I, yeah. Yeah, you're man. Just, you're a kid. You're, you're a 12 year old and you don't, or you're, you're even a 14 year old and you don't, you don't get it. Yeah. You're no, just, you're 100% yeah. right. Like my mom used to be on my ass about brushing my teeth all right. the time because I was one of those kids that just didn't brush his teeth and very luckily never got a cavity ever. Sure. Uh, but no, it was disgusting. Like I can smell myself now from seven, eight years ago. So mm. <laughs> brutal. But that's cool. So you wanted to get in music because it to my, you it was cool. My first tattoo, it's a poem about if I'm ever become one of the cool kids, to not be mean to the kids that I thought that I was. That's or, or whatever very that important. means, right? And uh, that's really hard to remember. It is very, very hard to remember. Um, whether it's, it's it's the 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 herd problem or self preservation. I want to be on top. I want to stay on top. And then uh, you figure it out and. And any time I take a step back and go hang out with the people that I thought wasn't the right thing, those are the people I really like talking to. Absolutely. So, and yeah. I think everyone needs to go through that because I went through that same uh shift in dichotomy where it was I went from being you know I went through puberty really early so I had like chest hair in grade six and a mustache and it wasn't like a regular peach fuzz mustache like it was full out Luigi like oh is he cutting his armpit hair and putting it somewhere else yeah yeah, exactly so it was tough and I was always a a chunky kid Uh, but then when I got into high school without trying I just lost a bit of weight I decided to shave the mustache start spiking my hair and immediately within like two days I became I wouldn't say popular, but I will say well-known and, mm-hmm. and well-liked by people in high school. Uh, and that definitely got to my head. Not right away, it's but by the, by the end of high school, I was definitely not nice. Not to ra- random people, but to people that were closest to me. I think I started to be a little m- more rude to, like, for sure my brother got got it br- brutally and he mm. did not deserve it. But mm-hmm. um, I think as I've grown older, I figured that out. And now I want to make sure that, like with this podcast... You can be good at something, but you can also do that in a positive way without having to take out on people who are either less talented or on people who aren't as talented in the same way. They may be a savant in some way, but just not right. in the way that you are. And that's good. We need diversity of passion, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, doesn't, it doesn't do what you think it's going to do by putting people down. It doesn't no. keep you on top. It, it just it brings it you down with shifts it. you right down to the bottom real hard. Yeah. yeah. And it usually slaps you, and 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 as quickly as everybody knew you, <coughs> you get lonely just as quickly. For sure. 
also, so it's still music related, obviously, mm. but one thing I've always thought was really cool about you is that you DJ. Yeah. And so like when you say that these days, people don't think of this, uh, of the traditional DJ from the past, but you're pretty close to like the original type of DJ that you could be without actually spinning records. Yes. But because you actually put your mixes together, there's effort involved. Um, and everyone I've talked to that you've done their wedding or a function, they love it and yeah. life of the party. And it takes a special personality. It's more than just pushing buttons. You got to feel the room. So obviously you're very in touch with how people are feeling, uh, but then also have a good taste in music. And another thing, again, segueing for the, later on or foreshadowing, I should say, uh, about recovery, you're doing things that there's a ton of alcohol and I mean, stigma shows, hey, people are going to be out of their mind. Which, so uh, you sit in a barber's chair long enough, you're going to get your hair cut. That's the same. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So what is it like? How did you get into DJing and how did you find out it was something you wanted to do? So you don't make much money as a musician. Correct. Uh, uh, hundred bucks is minimum and maximum is 200 bucks. That's max. If you're making 200 bucks to go sing for four hours, you're the, you're the, you're one of the best in Niagara. Yeah, yeah it's true. And so you, the casino will give you that gig. Uh, a couple outdoor things will give you that gig, but it's not a job. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, it's a hobby and, uh, and you can see why, like it's it's amazing, and there's and there's so Niagara is saturated with so many good musicians that mm. that it works out that way. If I was still in the Dominican, I could go work for 150 bucks a night, work five days a week, and be fine because mm. they're not saturated with musicians. Niagara, where we are spoiled with yep. musicians, um, so it's easy. We, all these places can pay a buck twenty five, and everybody will do it. Um, so I was somewhere. Oh, I was I was on some little committee, and they said. Well, why don't you do the DJing? Or and I said, I think I could do it. I have all the equipment. Um, I, I collected a lot of songs. This was before Apple Music and Spotify. And that same week, I was playing a gig at Cully's on St. Paul Street, and the bouncer came up to me, and he was telling me, like, oh, I do karaoke. Would you be interested in doing it? Um, I also do weddings. So in that serendipitous moment, it's like, well, i got to pay attention to this. He taught me how to do everything. He uh, he shared his hard drive with me. Had six hundred thousand songs on it at the time. He gave. I didn't me, even know there was six hundred thousand songs. There's probably ten million so English songs out there. That's crazy. Yeah, um, but that's B side of albums, right? Mm -hmm. So there's there's really only like ten thousand songs that you would recognize. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> uh, so yeah, so I took advantage. I, I paid attention to that moment. He taught me some wicked stuff about DJing. Went and did a gig. That gig, somebody said, "Do you want to do my wedding next month?" Sure. Just fell in love with it. Uh, a paid ten times more. Mm -hmm. um, so now it becomes a thing where uh, I can do a little bit less. I was serving at the Blue Star at the time. Nice. Um, and shout out Blue Star. Yeah, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, B, uh, uh, it's still music, and I love music so much. Um, there's there's been maybe three times in the last ten years where I'm like, oh, I'm kind of sick of music, and it lasts like an hour. Yeah, I just I go, I put headphones in my ears. I'm singing something all the time. I'm like, it's just I love it so much. Um, so I got to take my passion and make it something positive. So when I heard your podcast week one. And talking about taking positivity, making your career, I just kept going. I think I did that. Like, 
yes, people tell did. me all the time, oh, you're so lucky, you're so lucky. And I'm, I'm working my ass off, but I'm very, very lucky. And, and I feel 100% the exact same way. I was actually trying to, last night I started recording a um, kind of welcome to my channel video, because now YouTube is, is having these highlighted portions where you can say what the channel's all about. And that was one of the things like, I haven't finished it, but the line I started with is, I live exactly the way I want to every single day. Mm. And it was not so from the nice. point of bragging, well, it was from the point of reflecting on how spoiled I actually am. But like I think- The words are coming out of your mouth and you're smiling, because yes. it's like, oh, this is true. I'm not just selling somebody my, my dream life, I'm living it. Yes, and it's actually very easy to do it. Obviously, it's repetition, it's like getting good at an instrument, right? You gotta practice at yeah. it, right? You create this Little lifestyle. Bit of obsession. Yeah, but I think for me, you know, when I when I talk to people and they'll say, oh, Lucas, that's so cool you're doing this or whatever. I'm like, honestly, you just have to do it. I mean, I have no more of an advantage other than the fact now that I've done it so much, I don't have to prove myself as much, so that helps. But in the beginning, I mean, it seemed hard at the time, but yeah, I had to clean up a little bit of garbage took me three hours with some friends and mm -hmm. then now everyone's like perfect you want to do it let's do it mm -hmm. right so I always tell people just get started it's so simple because literally I drink coffee and talk to people for a living do I make a million dollars a year no but am I comfortable am I able to use two-ply toilet paper Hell yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm not stuck you know sharing a one-ply toilet paper with my girlfriend it's we, we live a good life and I get to drink coffee and talk to people every day. And now this has become my extracurricular, talking to other people who do that. And I really am passionate about people finding what it is that they love. And it, and I love when and people I think do things that are obscure. I don't think it's as easy. Like if you want to, if if Jeff wants to open up a coffee business, it's not easy for Jeff. It's easy for you because you had passion to it. Yes. Like the easy part is the hard part is finding what you finding what that thing is that you obsess about yes or that makes you hunger that that bug that gives you the bug mm -hmm. once you find that then it's easy absolutely but just because you think it would be cool to do or it would be fun to do or i want to do what you're doing and it's, it's, um so you're right there yeah. yeah so like if someone wants to be a dj that. you can't just buy equipment and get gigs right off the hop for sure but if you're passionate about something and you're tenacious it will come it, it'll just you happen. just have to keep doing it yes. and because that's the thing like when people when i go to schools to talk to people about entrepreneurship i my first line is don't open a coffee shop hmm. unless you want to hmm. and that's kind of um the way i lead off because i'm not recommending to people to open a business i'm recommending to people to follow their passions and no matter how obscure or strange it is you'll figure it out like we've had you'll be guest 11 we've had 10 guests and there's a couple jobs that are more common uh but then there's some really obscure ones like my favorite example to date is uh david nordquist he i think was episode eight mini and wars mini war gaming right this guy literally plays board games and films them for a living like I don't think there's anyone out there with a more obscure passion than that and can make a really good living doing it. And you can't fake the smile that he that you see on him. Like that's no. real, that's a real smile. No, and it's yeah. true everybody in that chair that the same chair you're sitting in has the same smile because yeah. just it's not a matter of pride, it's not a matter of ego. It's literally just thinking when you're a little kid and you wanted to be a fireman or an astronaut sure. or whatever it is, that same excitement about yep. wanting to do that, we get to do that as adults. Yeah. And is it going to last forever? Who knows? But when you are passionate, you kind of find your way. So yeah. I think uh, I, I think we're both very lucky. But um, 
how about now we we switch gears a little bit? Sure. Um, so you had mentioned that when you were playing music here, one of the, the things that attracted you to here was the fact that we didn't serve alcohol. So I know we have a lot. I didn't realize it in the beginning what we were doing with not having booze because it was intentional. We that the black sheep, we said we're not going to have alcohol because we didn't want that distraction. And, and, and it's like, let's get the students in here and be a safe place for a 15, 16 year old. To everybody. Come. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and so and you were closer to that age at the time, too. So <laughs> yeah, like much it made closer. sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that was the thing was, you know, we wanted a place where everyone could come and everyone could feel comfortable. Yep. Again, the name black sheep is like everyone feels like that at some point in their life. So we wanted to make sure that no matter what your race, religion, creed, whatever it is, you can come here and have a spot. You have a seat at the table, right? Um, And so I had no idea that it was going to attract people who were in recovery uh, or people that didn't want to be around that in their life. Uh, And so when we started chatting, that was one of the things that came up. And now fast forward a couple years, you're on this committee for Recovery Day, which helps to celebrate, promote uh, uh, people who are in recovery and also maybe introduce them to new tools and resources that they wouldn't otherwise have had. Could you maybe give us uh, a little bit of a rundown of what Recovery Day is and what your intention is with it? Sure. Uh, so multiple and, things. And it's coming up. So make sure you plug that. Right. Too. Um, I don't think you know how many people in recovery come here. I don't know the number, but I know there is more than I thought. Yes. There's there's and and uh, in Niagara, a lot of people like people come from the falls. People come from St. Catharines here. And it's um, it's a meeting place for a lot of sponsor sponsees a yep. lot, um, and it, it, you don't advertise it, right? No. But it's one of the safe places, and and okay, I'm gonna say it. So uh, <laughs> I heard I heard that you might be collaborating with a beer company mm-hmm. for a coffee beer, and the buzz got out real quick, like oh they're gonna start serving beer there, and. But I know you're doing a bunch of separate things, so it doesn't yep. mean you're gonna you're gonna get a license here and you're gonna and you're gonna start tapping kegs or anything like that. But you you have you have big aspirations, so that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. just quickly on that, and then we'll jump back into it. Sure. Um, I'm one of those people that I love. Again, I love passionate people, and so when I've met quite a few brewers who fall into that category, um, and they wanted to do collaborations, and that was actually one of the first things that I said, which is. I will do this collaboration because I, I drink, I'm not a, a big drinker, sure. but I have, uh, I drink once in a while, um, but it will never have it at the black sheep. So cool. The collaboration's there, but the black sheep has to remain that safe space. That's so really nice. I'm glad that people cool. don't feel intimidated by that. Fact, no, so. no. And most people in recovery, we, we, we can't feel intimidated about it in your first year. It's really, I'm a drug addict, but alcohol gets me there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, six years ago, coming on six years ago, I had my last drink. I overdosed that day, pronounced dead, and and it was I was at the bottom. It was at the pit. I had passion for music. I I still like I had a band and gigs and stuff like that, but nothing happens because the only thing important to you is feeling happy. Mm-hmm. And when you're stuck in that cycle, that's the only thing left that can make you feel happy because the things in the real world don't live up to it as quickly or it's a little bit more work to get there Mm -hmm. but you don't realize that the threshold of happiness gets lower and lower and then nothing makes you happy and then i I remember i remember one of my first meetings and i said why would i stop doing this is that this is the only thing left in the world that makes me happy and i saw everybody in the room nod their head and like like those those are clicks um but on this recovery 
the party wasn't over. I've had more fulfilled fulfillment and happiness in the last six years than I could have done doing that for 600 years. Just, it got, the for the first year was weird. I was ready for like things to crash. When's the wave gonna crash? Is it going too good? And then things just got better and exponentially better. Uh, I have a wife, I bought a house. I have a career in music. Awesome. Like so Wednesday night, I host an open mic. Thursday night, I host a karaoke. Friday and Saturdays are for weddings. That's my job. Monday, Tuesdays, I'm meeting brides and grooms on the phone, filling out there, and it's sick. I, I, I said it in a meeting last week. I'm like, I don't know how I had time to drink before. So just <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And so recovery day, recovery day is a, it's not an anonymous thing. It's, it's the opposite of that. There's a movie that came out called the anonymous people that was trying to highlight. Yes. We're anonymous to protect the, the society that I'm in, uh, the fellowship that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're anonymous so that one of the big reasons are so that somebody doesn't come in, talks about it to everybody ends up failing or having having a relapse and then the whole image gets put on them and it's happened before there was a there was a a fellowship uh, in the, at the end of the 1800s called the the Washingtonians and they had a, they had a, nice they had 100 they had 150,000 members all in recovery um, political election happened they involved politics some of the big people in the program they didn't they didn't have the traditions in place 150,000 people that thing dissolved so by the 1920s 1930s there was no place for recovery jump forward bill and bob meet each other they learn two people in recovery sitting together talking like this this Mm -hmm. this podcast the same reason you love this the same reason we sat out there and four hours went by yep like like that um you would be a good alcoholic like (laughs) i've been told yes you would um you obviously don't have like that that thing that says i need another one i need another one i need another one not with drinking but with other things right it becomes obsessive for sure um so so sure um but you would be a great member because you you just because doing this and stuff like that like you have you have that on you and yeah we we talked about at the beginning there, there is something about me and you um if we were the same age we 100% would have been friends growing up, um, different circumstances. And that's, that's why you become best friends with somebody because there's, you just like hanging out with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so recovery day we're promoting, uh, do we got more than five minutes left? Uh, we have three and a half. <laughs> I knew it, it was going to so fly fast, by. Man. I knew it was going to You fly saw me by. glance at the screen. That's all. I, I, I just like, because I know, I know what happens when me and you talk. It'll go. Four hours flew by. Well, that's why I wanted to, try and rein us in because like it's hard for me too because i this is really a a, a something for me as practice to keep it short i'm glad you did 30 minutes though because i because i listen every week because of that and i and i get i get front to back great yeah yeah the hour and a half sometimes it's like over four times or yeah um so recovery day it's on september 25th the whole thing is we're not anonymous we are celebrating recovery the party's not over um it's so good we're we all have awesome careers. We all still go to meetings and we all still yeah. care about our sobriety and, 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 and staying clean. Um, 
whether you're in NA, you're in Gamblers Anonymous, you're uh, an Overeaters Anonymous, you're in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, you're in um, Harm Reduction at Casson. We've partnered up partner up with Casson this year. They used to have a barbecue mm-hmm. um, every year to to kind of think. Casson's a good harm reduction place. C A S O N. Um, they help a lot of people. Um, whether it's just getting off drugs or getting off alcohol or anything like that. Um, so, so we're celebrating how cool it is to be in this, in this life, and we don't need to be sec- secretive about it. This is the first time I've talked into a microphone about being a drug, ad- a drug addict. I don't post my, my, my medallions on, on Facebook because I don't want a bride to think, like, oh, I don't want the drug addict to be my DJ. Fair. But this far in... I've every every gig I've done, I don't drink when I work. No, of course. And 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 uh, they've loved it because of that. So, anyways, September twenty fifth, uh, there's going to be two stages. Inside is going to be all the vendors, um, all uh, all the people that are promoting all different types of recovery. And there's like twenty five different types of recovery, Amazing. so they're all going to wow. be in there. Outside is going to be second stage. It's like a festival. We're going to bounce back and forth every half an hour. We're going to have music and recovery sp- speakers out here. Um, vendors inside back and forth it's three till seven at the market square in st Catharines. um we had it last year on the floating stage that was our first year um load of fun yeah i was there and i stayed i think the entirety of the of the event it cool. was a lot yeah, of fun you, so you, you were a sponsor and you gave us free coffee that day that was awesome and i'll do it again if you don't cool. have one but Wait, uh, I, loved, I love the idea of you saying of you going and guesting i don't know if you reached out yes yeah, absolutely okay, cool. so the whole thing too is and I'll say this as someone who isn't in recovery uh, and who is even a uh, someone who socially drinks is that recovery day, uh, it's all about celebrating, you know, coming back from it, about the journey, about the process, about, you know, the struggle too, right? And celebrating that you guys are overcoming something. And I think as someone who isn't in that category, it's still a great event to attend so that you can educate yourself as well. Because not everybody who's in some sort of recovery anonymous group is the same type of person. They all struggle in different ways and with different things. And it's important to see that from their end in order for us to be a more tolerant community. I always say I, I, I don't go to a meeting where there is uh, a, a doctor, a politician, or a cop at the meeting. Like, it's just there's just everybody's in the meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're we're cutting off the headliner for Recovery Day on September 25th is Alex Wood. He is awesome. uh, uh, a yuck yucks comedian, and we're stoked for him. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, as we wrap this up, I just want to uh, tell people because they won't be able to see it. I didn't bring it in here if they're watching, and they won't be able to hear it he because it's not visual. I didn't see it. The fly from the past three episodes is dead, and the reason being is Ryan, being the most thoughtful guest we've had, bought me a fly swatter with a bow on it <laughs> and put it in a gold gift bag, which is the coolest thing ever. And the fly is no more. Yeah, uh, maybe off. his offspring will come back. Who knows? But uh, we are flyless this episode. Love so it. thank you to that. Thank you to you, to you for that. Uh, shaking hands here. You can't see it unless you're watching on YouTube. Remember, subscribe. I'm going to announce Ryan as a guest. Well, I guess you'll be listening to this. So anyway, Thursday, when you know he's on this episode, which will be three days from when you actually hear it. The future. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube and follow us on SoundCloud. But anyway, you're listening to Above the Mug. Again, a podcast that highlights positive people. And rightfully so, we have Ryan Brousseau on here who does a million things, which you just heard. Where can they find uh, stuff about you? www.djryan.com. E. D-J-R-Y-E-N.com. Yes, Hit which is up. why, did I say Ryan with an E? 
Everybody does. Well, now, well, now you need to know that it's yeah. Ryan with an E and Recovery Day. Do you guys have a website? Reco- RecoveryDayNiagara.com. Uh, Easy peasy. Reach out to us. Awesome. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week on Above the Mug. Hey, friend. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Above the Mug. For more episodes, check us out at AboveTheMug.com. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, review, comment, tag your friends. This way you're not the only person listening to this thing. We come up with a brand new podcast every Sunday at noon, so we'll see you next week on Above the Mug.